What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Charleston. Thanks for tuning in. On today's podcast, I sat down with Cody Cooper, the owner of Gritbox Fitness. Gritbox is a gym in both downtown and West Ashley that combines the high intensity of kickboxing with strength training. So they got the name Gritbox from a very gritty journey that Cody went on to create this business and you get to hear all about it soon. Um, it's a very accurate name because, no pun intended, Cody has been kicked um, down time and time again and has just gotten back up. And it was awesome to hear about how Cody's journey led him to where he's at today and all the, the cool things that are happening at Gripbox and the community that they have there. So, as always, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today, I am joined by Cody Cooper, the owner of Gritbox Fitness. So welcome, Cody. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So tell our listeners what Gritbox Fitness is. So Gritbox is a high-intensity fitness studio focused around kickboxing and strength training. Um, We have two locations. Um, The first location um, that opened about a little over five years ago now, um, a larger concept, uh, went into that uh, with a plan of doing our kickboxing program a strength training program, and then a full um, a full gym as well with personal training. So over the years, that has kind of evolved, and the second location that I opened, um, we opened a smaller concept, and um, I combined our kickboxing program and our strength program into one class, and that's the, uh, the style of the concept for, our, for the second location. And that's the downtown location? Correct, yeah. So it's West Ashley and downtown? Yes. And West Ashley was five years ago? Yeah, just over five years, and then downtown was just this past January. Awesome. What a, what a great first year, I'm sure it's been. It's been amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you own Gripbox. It's not a chain yet, right? Mm-hmm. It's your thing. You created it. Yep. So where did you come up with this concept? So I, my background is... Um, You're a bodybuilder, right? Did uh, you say that? Yeah, so I did some physique bodybuilding. That, um, so I guess to rewind a little bit, I started off in the hospitality industry. I was in resort management for um, a few years out of college. and. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Cortland, state New York, up, up in uh, oh. SUNY Cortland in New York. Okay. Yep. You're from the north. Yes. Wow. That's another one. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I... I was in hospitality management, resort and recreation management for a few years and did that. had a lot of fun, traveled all over the country doing that. I was on California and Denver and Nashville and bounced around. And, and during that time, just kind of realized that it wasn't, wasn't going to be the right path. I um, evolved into the uh, bar industry. I had opened up a few bars, one in Nashville and 
had a great time. Um, had too much fun yeah. doing it. Um, mm-hmm. It was one of those industries that a lot of people know it just kind of sucks you in and it's hard to get out of. So I, um, along the way, I had gotten back into fitness. I was an athlete in the past, um, and it was missing that competitive side. I got back into fitness and getting back into better shape and really felt pulled in that direction to, to get more serious about that. And, um, and then realized, you know, that the bar industry obviously was not going to take me where I wanted to go. Um, I knew I wanted to eventually have a family. Um, I knew I didn't have to, well, I didn't want to have to work every single night. And, yeah. Um, those hours. And yeah. And, you know, I just knew there was a bigger calling out there for me. And, um, so I was in Nashville at the time I packed up and sold my truck bought a church van, built bunk beds in it. What? Uh, convinced a buddy of mine to take this leap of faith road trip with me. And we uh, lived out of the van for a little over two months and traveled all over um, Colorado, Utah, um, all winter long and hit about 15 different ski resorts and Dang. just kind of ski bummed it. It's like um, stepbrothers with the bunk beds. <laughs> yeah. That's adorable. And, and, and my dog. And um, yeah, so I... You know, kind of really just took that time. It was like a, a big soul-searching trip for me, and I knew I needed to make a life change. And um, my buddy who had uh, convinced to come with me, he actually had his, uh, he had purchased an ACSM uh, training book that he was eventually going to study. He'd had it for a few years and never opened oh, it. Oh, yeah. One of those, and I found it, and I, and I just started using it as reading material uh, during our road trip. And um, fitness had been a part of my life a little bit, but then... That really started getting me, you know, thinking along lines, and maybe this is something I could turn into a career. And we ended up settling in Denver at the end, and of course, I fell right back into the bar scene again. I helped some guys open up a, a bar out there, which was great because I made ama- amazing connections um, in Denver based on, you know, everything I'd done with them opening this bar, and um, used that kind of as my stepping stone to really get, you know, get my family around there. And um, while I was doing that. I eventually started up my own uh, personal training business. Um, I started doing mobile training. In the van? I did. So the van <laughs> actually did? converted to oh, yes. my uh, my training studio. I took out the beds and just packed it with all my equipment. And I would do park boot camps. And I'd yeah. pull up to the park and unload. And we'd have a full fitness studio in the park. Would be useful these days. Just saying. Yeah. You could always go back to that. Yeah. I will never. Go One of my yet. friends just started uh, a mobile fitness, uh, e-hall fitness. She has a big van. Yeah, it's it was fun and it was a great start. Um, it's just not very scalable. That's the hard part, you know. For me, it was yeah um, trading dollars for hours all the time, and, and a lot of those hours were spent driving on, on the road. So, um, but it was like I said, it was a great launching pad for me. I I made great connections. Um, I found out who I was as a trainer and really learned my style and honed my skills, um, and uh, eventually got a small little studio out in Denver, and um, was just kind of cranking there with um, with my personal training, and during all that, um, someone I'd known through business in Nashville had been following my journey um, on social media a little bit, and that I was unaware of, had reached out to me and asked if I had any interest in partnering with that, um, up with them to open a studio in Denver. They had... Um, they actually had a kickboxing and strength training studio in Nashville. And they so was were, that where kickboxing started for yeah, you? Yep. So at the time, I was just doing my strength training. I was mm-hmm. uh, personal training and boot camp um, classes, more of a hit style uh, training that I was doing. And they introduced me to the kickboxing, and they wanted to open up this studio out in Denver. So 
I really started kind of being the feet on, their, uh, the feet on the ground out there for them, negotiating real estate deals, and, um, and they kind of they kept backing out one deal after the other. Mm. I, it was about around the sixth uh, real estate deal I was negotiating. It. They we got close to it, it working, and, and they backed out again. I'm like, this guy's like, I can't keep wasting yeah. my time like this. And so they, at that time, they asked me to come back to Nashville um, and help out with their studio in Nashville to kind of really get some things dialed in there a little bit before expanding to a second location. Um, with the understanding that I would come for a year, after that year, then I would be able to um, relocate and, and help expand and, and open more more studios with them. And around the same time, I'd gotten back with my now wife, my girlfriend from college um, at the time. Uh, long distance, she was still in New York finishing up school and uh, her 14th year of school, she's was in med school at the time. Oh, jeez. And uh, so I, and she had a year left in med school and I knew that... Um, you know, doing this for a year, going back and helping them, it was um, a great opportunity to really kind of see another side of, of fitness. And um, I hadn't really been in any type of fitness industry or fitness business that where I was learning from other people, right? I was kind of teaching everything myself, you learning were everything myself along yeah. the way. And um, so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to learn the business side of things. Um, so I took them up on the offer, I moved to Nashville, um, back to Nashville. So I'd already yeah. lived there um, prior to that for a little bit. And um, I got there and it really, I mean, helped them. They, they had a great business going already and I just really helped them um, revamp the strength programming side of things and they were, had the kickboxing really dialed in. and um, So that's where I got into kickboxing and fell in love with it right away. Um, but at the end of that year, when it was time for me to, you know, stay or go and or expand with them, they, they still weren't ready. They still weren't ready to expand or to open a second location. And um, so we, you know, it was very civil mutual we said all right and at that point I was ready to move on and open I was ready to own my own studio and um so I was helping my wife find places to do her residency Mm. and she was kind of applying everywhere up north and I did not want to go back to the north um but I was ready to come back to the east coast you know I've been all over the country for a while and where are you from just south of Rochester western New York okay so you're from small town yeah yeah not the city but yeah, no. yeah, but uh, definitely not like from the, the hot weather, you know, no, like, not at all. Not you at all. wanted to come here. You chose this. I did. I did. And it, you know, it was really East coast was, was calling me. Um, but I knew I didn't want to go to Florida and I didn't want to go back up North. So I was kind of looking, you know, uh, with Maryland and some places like that. But Charleston, I spent some time here after college. I actually did my internship at Wild Dunes Resort oh, um, for a summer and yeah. fall in love with Charleston then. And although it was nothing like it was when I yeah. was here. When the first was time, that? Oh, 06 is when I did my internship there. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so, yeah, I moved back, you know, about 10 years later. It obviously had changed. Exploded, right? yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we moved here, um, and I moved here with the plans of, you know, wanting to open my own fitness studio, and started off, I didn't know the market. I knew the market had changed. I knew, knew I needed to do a ton of research. I had to learn the market and try to figure out, you know, where the trends were, were going here in, in Charleston, and... I started my, just my training company again and just doing, again, the bar thing on the side. Um, oh, to really? Make, to make money. Did yeah, you open just, a bar? No, just I just started um, uh, doing some bartending okay. at the time. I did not want to get back in the management side of things yeah. or ownership or anything like that. I just knew that it was something that I could do, very flexible around um, training as well. And one of the best things I learned when I was in Denver through opening the bar there while starting my training business was it was the best way to meet clients. I mean, the first... 15 clients I had training out in Denver, 
I met them across the bar. You served them. I was drinks. serving them. You're <laughs> yeah. like, hey, I think you should. Come yeah. By the end of the night, fitness. it was really easy for them to take my business card and That's get their great. phone number to yeah. set up a training session. Hey, marketing! You're obviously really yeah. good at it. Um, so I knew that coming to Charleston would be a great way for me to meet people really quickly, um, and uh, so I did that. Um, what bar were you at? Uh, Whiskey Kitchen, or not Whiskey Kitchen? That was Nashville. Um, I feel like I've heard the of shelter. It. Oh, a Malpleasant? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, I love Shelter. So Thomas, the owner over there, he's a good friend of mine. He was he was great. Um, he just kind of let me come on. Like I said, flexible, very part-time. Just way to meet some people. And um, and then I was also at Daniel Island Club. Um, I started running the aquatic center pool bar area mm-hmm. uh, at Daniel Island Club and met a lot of my clients initially through there. So I was doing mobile training where I would go to uh, people's houses uh, at Daniel Island Club. And obviously I went there because... It was an affluent community. I knew I was going to be able to get get the people that um, that could afford my training. So, really built off of that um, and continued to um, to grow that business. Well, like I said, looking into the real estate, learning the market, and at the time, you know, this is shoot, probably six, seven years ago now um, that all this started. And the fitness community in Charleston was a lot different. You know, we had. He had some big back, big box gyms. He had East Shore Athletic Club that everyone talked about. East Shore was that O two? Yeah. I guess it's what O two. It is O two. Yeah. It's O two now. Yeah, and O two bought East Shore. Okay. So at the time, East Shore Athletic Club was like the place. The thing. And I remember yeah. going there, and I was amazed at how that was the place to go for fitness in Charleston. But it was also super exciting. I knew how much opportunity there was. Amazed, like you were surprised. Oh yeah, I was surprised. At you were like, "This how is little it. there, <laughs> there yeah. was." The was it offer. different compared to like Denver and Nashville? Yes, yes, and knowing that I was coming from markets that are much more progressive, they're they're I mean they're ahead of the times. Yeah, way bigger cities. And, either yeah, way, and um, so I knew that what I had experienced in other cities, I wasn't going to find it here, anyways. But I didn't expect it to be so as different as it was. There weren't, I mean, you had yoga studios and stuff like that, but there weren't very many fitness studios. There weren't boutique yeah, fitness studios around here. Yeah. And um, so I was super excited by that, but then also a lot of feedback I was getting from people was like, one of the, I remember one of the common phrases I heard was, Charleston's not a fitness city. Oh, okay. It's a food and drinking city. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us which, now. And which it got me excited. I'm like, okay, it's a food and drinking city. How do people do that and maintain a healthy life? Like, how do you have balance in your life if you, don't have the other side of things. So yeah, go out and eat and enjoy and drink and have fun, but then take care of your body and balance things out. And I, I knew that that was that trend was gonna become in Charleston. I knew it was so exciting that I was on the kind of the front end of that wave. And by the time I came around to um, negotiating my first deal, um, I had a few real estate deals kind of fall through, and it was—I mean, it wasn't easy for me to find a spot either. I was broke at the time I mean I, all things considered I was paying the bills but I wasn't by no means I didn't have any big investors I didn't have um, you know I was just finishing up a one year last minute kind of deal yeah. in Nashville that I wasn't really saving up uh, to do this and, and not having any experience in business but it wasn't easy to just go to the bank and get a loan so mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be bootstrapping everything so I'd saved up a little bit and finding real estate was was going to be tough and I need to find, you know, the right spot, but, um, so once I got, once I was able to find the right spot, everything had started to shift a little bit in the market. So during that, right after I think my second real estate deal fell through, 
um, Orange Theory announced that they were opening in Charleston. And oh. Which at the time I was like, I knew that studios like that. I had heard of Orange Theory prior mm-hmm. to that and everything in other markets I was in. But um, at the time I was like a little bummed out because I was like, I was hoping to be the first, first market. But I also knew that I wanted places like that opening here because I wanted them to be part of, you know, this awareness around high quality fitness and, mm-hmm. and knowing that their marketing was going to definitely dominate the, the, the market. And I wasn't really going to be able to compete with that. But it was going to create an awareness in the community where people would start looking for other opportunities and other options in fitness. Yeah, that's a great. Rather point. than just looking at Eshore, you know, Eshore, and um, Pivotal. Like now they know that that's an option. Yeah, and um, so going, you know, up against that in the beginning, it was it was exciting for me, and I'm kind of stubborn sometimes, and I loved the challenge, and you know, well, um, yeah, it gave you someone to compete with. Too. Yeah, absolutely. It made me it made me hungry, mm-hmm. and um, it also helped me legitimize my thoughts and, and my feelings behind this being a, a city that fitness would really take off in. So on the way I started, you know, I, I opened up my first location, um, a very garage style, dirty gym that, that I could afford and, um, had to go in. I did the build out, um, pretty much myself, um, and bootstrapped it, built out a little bit, sold membership, sold memberships and personal training and reinvested all that money back into I'd train during the day and be there all night doing construction and painting and doing everything. Yeah, I everything do. by and yourself? Yeah, so originally it was just me. Um, mm-hmm. It was, uh, I was running kickboxing classes, um, or boot camp classes, and then we, that was personal training as well. So it was pretty much nonstop every day for a while. And Were you still bartending at the time? No. Okay. No. So at this point, yeah. It's I like that would be long days. That, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I ended up bringing on one of the coach um, who randomly had moved to uh, back to South Carolina from Nashville, and she had worked at the same fitness studio in Nashville where I learned how to kickbox. So she had that kickboxing experience. Oh, great, um, yeah. We'd known each other a little bit through that, and um, so I hired her um, to uh, start training me, and that was you know, the first big step that I needed to be able to grow that business and step away from you know, doing every class on my own to be able to you know, really market it and push it in the community. So, But still had to bootstrap it all and still trained and worked all day and um, slowly eventually started bringing on new trainers and getting, you know, training up more coaches and that kind of thing. And was it grit box at this point? Yeah, so um, I kind of think I skipped over that. We talked about it a little bit beforehand. But, yeah. So this was grit box, but right before opening grit box, um, I actually found a studio um, in West Ashley that was like an abandoned gym and this space had had some members but it really wasn't being run it, um, it kind of had fallen in the owner's lap based off of a legal um, situation they had with their tenants that had opened the gym there and so I I came in and it was a good opportunity for me to run my personal training studio out of there and then um, from that they uh, they decided that they wanted to invest in Gripbox by Getting all the equipment from the gym, and there was a you know substantial amount of equipment um, uh, there that was going to be extremely beneficial to, uh, for me to be able to open Gridbox sooner. So I took them up on their offer, and they um, they invested the equipment into the company, and we relocated to a new spot. Um, and at that point, yeah, that's when Gridbox 
started. So it was just my personal training studio before that, mm-hmm. um, which was um, uh, CCF training. Okay. And then... Cody Cooper Fitness? Yep. Love it. And, and uh, as simple as it gets. I know, right? <laughs> um, so, the, uh, so we shifted gears and uh, started making plans to open the studio and had to kind of get forced out of our last building a little bit quicker than planned. So this investor slash partner that I was going to the location with, we had all, everything figured out, all of our terms and everything like that, but we didn't have all the legal documents completely signed. Attorneys were still, you know, figuring out crossing the final T's and down the I's, just kind of getting the little things in place. And so I hit the ground running at our new location and he started grinding, getting members in and so he continued to train. And I think he was surprised to see how quickly um, I was getting people through the doors. And he got greedy and decided he wanted the larger piece of the business. Um, so that started some conflicts um, immediately with our partnership and, and not having all the legal documents signed yet. He had the ability to change his mind. And he thought he had me backed into a corner. Um, he was subleasing a portion of the spot uh, of the building, and he pretty much said, you can't do this without me. You can't afford this building without me subleasing, and you can't afford to buy new equipment. And he was completely right. Um, <laughs> but you were like, I'm he not going to tell yeah. you that you're right, but you're right. Um, he was. I mean, I, when I signed the lease, I, barely, I didn't even have enough money to uh, pay for the first month rent. You know, I just did this on faith. I knew I, I, knew I had uh, a concept that was going to work, um, and I knew that I was stubborn enough to not let it fail. And, and that, so I negotiated in um, instead of the uh, typically on a, a real estate deal, you're going to negotiate in your TI, your tenant improvement uh, money that the landlord will give in exchange for you improving the space and Mm. and all that. So I negotiated in free rent in place of the TI, knowing that I was going to be doing most of the work myself. So I didn't need all that TI money that most places give when they hire a contractor to come in and do it all. So doing it mostly myself, and I had a contract buddy that was able to pull some permits and do some of that sort of thing, but being able to negotiate in those four months of free rent right oh, up front yeah, four months. allowed me to get four months under my belt to pay for that first month mm-hmm. rent. And so he, uh, so anyways, back to him, he was getting greedy. And um, finally we decided that, you know, I, I told him, I said, it's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to give you more of the company just because, you know. You didn't sign yourself. Yeah, just because yeah. you think that, you know, business is going great right now and, you want more of that. Um, so uh, I said, well, we'll go our separate ways. We'll give it a few months. I'll get new equipment. You can find a new spot, but let's just transition out of this over the next three months. And um, he decided that he didn't want to play nice, and I left town for my biggest physique bodybuilding competition I uh, had out in Vegas. And when I got back, the gym was completely empty. <laughs> The doors were bolted shut, everything down to the sign off the front of the building. It was gone. Everything gone. You, like, got back. Did you win? How'd the competition go? Um, so I actually got thrown off a little bit. I had a trainer who was going in that weekend to train and said that there were some people here taking apart equipment. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was a moving company that was, they told him, told my trainer that he, they were hired to move all the equipment. Oh. And so I asked him who the company was, and I happened to know the owner of the moving company. And so he, I called the owner and I said, what are you guys doing? He said, I was wondering the same thing. He said, but your, your partner called and said that you guys were moving. I said, I'm we're not. He yeah. said, I'm not. And so he called his guys and um, told them to leave. Um, they didn't take anything. So I thought, 
I got it, got it taken care of. Yeah. He got another company the next day to come in. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, so that kind of hit throat. Like, that was right before my, I'm going on stage. Oh, no. Like <laughs> so I was all thrown off. Um, but I ended up taking uh, uh, fifth or sixth place. Great, um, yeah. Competition. It was, I didn't uh, place as high as I wanted to, but it was it was great. I mean, it was the biggest competition of my life. It was, In Vegas, it was right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I had a lot of fun, and uh, but yeah, then came back and rude awakening when you came back. Yeah, it was a kick in the stomach, and you know, at the time I I thought about you know what's what's the next step, right? You know, when you, I walk up to the window and I see an empty gym, and I'm trying to put myself in that position, I'm picturing how we're gonna yeah. do it. I mean, it seems like it was not that long. It's like heartbreaking. It. It's like yeah, you know, and I put everything into it, and you know. And really, at the time, too, I thought about all the members that had put their faith in me, you know, because it was, like I said, I was bootstrapping this. It was a garage-style, dirty gym that people, I painted them a picture. I told them what the vision was, and they signed up they for They trusted that. you. They didn't yeah. sign up for what they walked into. They signed up for the vision that I told them that was going to happen over the next 12 months. And so, you know, the disappointment um, of, of having to tell them, you know, as well, you know, you put your faith in me and trusted me, and now I don't have anything to show for it. And so... I thought about, you know, I was, to be frank, I was pissed. You know, oh, when yeah. I was extremely angry, and I, you know, I thought about it, and I could go go after him financially, you know, but legal documents weren't signed, so technically the equipment side of things was his. There's other stuff that he had taken as well that I uh, was able to get back. Yeah, like your sign? But, yeah. And there was there was a bunch of stuff that um, that I could have done, that I could have gone after him for, but I, I just got thinking, I'm like, if I put all my energy into going after him, I'm not going to have any energy left to recover and to try and bounce back from this. Um, so I said, you know, I, I did what I could to get back what I what was owed to me from him, and I talked to my members, and I said, listen, just please have faith and stick with me. I'll, I'll, I'm going to bounce back. I'll get this back going. And there was members that said, no problems at all. They didn't, they were like, yeah, I'll go down the street and get a one-month, I'll get a one-month membership, and I'll come back as soon as you're ready. Dang, loyal. And then I had a handful of members that said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll bring in our own equipment. And every time I've told this story, I get emotional about this part, but they went home and they emptied out the garage of their old garage equipment that they had. And we had this like makeshift gym oh, that's amazing. in the corner. And, yeah. Um, and at that moment it was like, all right, this is going to work. Like I knew at that time, you know, that we, I had something, I built this community just in the four short months that we were there that was going to support me through this. And, and, I, and again, I also had to, is that much more purpose driving me to make sure I made it happen for them? Um, so I made promises to them that we would we would get things going. And that's I love that. That's amazing. We, yeah, we. Um, well, it just proves that like you like they believed you and they trusted you so much that they were like, "We'll help you with this. Like, we'll get through this together." And that was you know really right. I think I started to understand more than ever the importance of community around fitness and with anything, but. As you know, in the fitness community, uh, the fitness industry community is is so important, and, and we built an amazing community. And it was those core members that I had right off the bat that that really helped carry through the, for those next few months. And I was able to finance a deal um, uh, to get new equipment, and just slowly again start back over and, and yep. rebuild and rebuild. And uh, unfortunately, had issues with the building as well, right in the middle of all this. Oh. Um, the new building. So this is the original location. Oh, okay. The um, the landlord had sold the property 
to some investors out of North Carolina who weren't aware of some of the issues that building had, one of them being um, a leaky roof that needed to be completely replaced on the plaza that they never told me about prior to leasing as well. But I started learning along the way. Yes. You'd have leaks, um, you know, big rainstorms and leaks, and uh, it was coming through as like this black sludge water leaking into our place over my equipment. Oh, jeez. Couldn't figure out what it was and realized that the oh, Chinese no. restaurant next door to me didn't have a grease trap on one of their hoods. Oh, my God. So every time it rained and they were, and I was down from them, it was graded towards me, it picked up old Chinese food grease. Ew. Dude, the irony of like the um, Chinese food next to the fitness studio. Yeah, yep. They and still found a way to infiltrate. And just, yeah, still, and it would, uh, it made the place smell like... Ew, gross. Yeah, it was, it was bad. So, yeah, imagine working out in that. I, many nights I get calls, you know, that there was a flood in the gym from this. I'd have to go in and clean it up. And the new owners that had come in, they just, they, I told them about all these issues, and they also discovered then mold issues in the wall and the ceiling. Definitely, and they said we have to yeah. remediate, but we're not going to do any of these remediations if you continue your build-out. Because whatever you build out now could cost us more in our remediations, so you have to stop your build out altogether. So at that time, I had half built locker rooms. Um, Were you married at the time? Uh, yes. What did your barely, wife think? I... <laughs> she was. She was. She was She's doubting. Like, this is what I got into. Yeah, she was doubting every every second yeah. at that point. Um, our kickboxing room had studded up walls, no drywall on it even yet, just studded up walls, which um, is illegal. Um, so <laughs> They can't do anything about it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, because I technically wasn't supposed to be operating um, in operating with the like in the in the middle of the build up like that. Um, but like I said, I was doing it piece by piece as we went. And so after a while, the the landlord they were sending in different companies to look at the issues we were having, and uh, they started um, telling me that you know I they had to wait longer, wait longer, and finally, you know, six months. Later, I'm still in a half month, half built jam, and it's I said, black I said sludge. Uh, "If you're not going to fix the problems, I need to just get out." Um, yeah. And uh, around the time that time too, I started catching wind that they were talking to a larger fitness company who was based out of North Carolina, yeah, where they were from, and I had not competed on my lease, so no other fitness companies could come in. Mm. So I started getting the hint that they were intentionally doing this they wanted to push they me wanted out. you out they want to push me out um, especially when I got when I approached them about renegotiating my leasing and terminating my lease with them um, there was very little pushback and um, Dang. I realized that you know there there's a reason behind it all so yeah. um, I had to leave behind everything I'd invested into the build out there and relocate and was able to find a spot not too far away around the corner um, and uh and then, yeah, that company from that larger big box gym did end up opening up there um, a few years later. So, um, but yes, yeah, so then we relocated, and honestly, you know, that relocation cost you know quite a bit, but um, it was really a great opportunity to kind of start fresh and really do things the way I knew I wanted it done in the beginning um, at the at the original location, and having the opportunity to to do that for the members that I had at the time. Um, How many members did you have at that time? Man, it's a good question. By the time we relocated, maybe a hundred. Oh, wow. Maybe. Oh, that's a good um, amount. Yeah. Uh, 
But and all also, personal training or still no, classes? No, 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 no. Those classes, you had the, classes okay. and personal training. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, I would probably say closer to 75 at that time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but some of them were on, they were coming in, they were doing classes like once a week. It wasn't like full memberships feel paying over $100 a month mm. for anything like that. I mean, it was, I was barely making making rent. Um, and uh, definitely not taking any money home. Um, <laughs> Great. That was my wife. Who's um, <laughs> in residency she's probably. She's in residency, not making all that much either. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so we relocated. And, you know, and again, during that transition, how awesome our members were. And I actually didn't, I closed down for one day during the transition. I moved classes over first and then moved the weight room over and, um, I had members showing up helping move every Aww. piece of equipment and just, yeah. just really built that you know um, that unity within the community that we had already so um, and it, you know it, and we joked a lot about you know Grit Box the name Grit you mm-hmm. know, obviously that's what I was going to um, say yeah it's perfect yeah and that that resilience that we had to have that persistence um, to meet the goal and it it really kind of showed through my staff and through every member that we had I mean everyone was on board Everyone was, was there to help, and it was an amazing, amazing feeling to, to start things off at a new location like that. So in the end, it was a blessing in disguise, yeah. You just kept getting knocked down, but kept getting back up, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think it's, it's allowed me to appreciate things a lot more because of that. And um, Like you said, the resilience, like the fact that you already had to go through all of that as a business owner, I, like I know this year has been hard for everyone, but compared to like what you've already gone through, it, it wasn't smooth sailing before. You right. know, like you've already been through a lot. And I think my upbringing helped get me through those times as well. You know, we didn't have the greatest upbringing. You know, came from a very poor um, single parent home that you know where we had to learn that resilience. We had to get a little gritty at times and, mm-hmm. and figure out. Um, how we were going to get through different situations. And, you know, and that, I think that helped prepare me for business. I didn't expect it to be easy. I didn't want it to be easy. You know, I wanted to have to work. I believe that hard work um, is necessary for any business. And, you know, and especially not going into any big investment. I knew I was bootstrapping this and it was going to be hard. Um, so I was already really set up for it um, from the get-go. And, um, yeah, but then, yeah, getting through something like that, you know, you look back once you do kind of come on the other side of that and say, all right, well, from here on out, it's, if this isn't going to bring me down, what, you know, nothing's going to. And, um, and, and my, my staff and everybody was just, you know, kind of had that same mentality. And, like, to get a staff through that that goes, goes through that with you and also, like, to have that precedent set of we're going to work hard here and mm-hmm. the resilience instead yeah. of getting a staff who just, they walk in and it's, super easy and made like I'm sure that that helped too yeah. and my you know my my number two Danny um, she's my uh, studio manager and really the, the second owner here with me I mean she's just been incredible um, and she's been with me through that entire thing she's been with the company over four years now and she was she came on as my assistant when I was at that original location so she was a part of that half built out location yeah and uh, it's a the, cool story, Jim. And, and yeah, so she she's been kind of the, the the rock along with me to to really get it to this point now. Yeah. So is that why you came up with the name, or was that already a thing? So great, yeah. So I remember right before um, establishing Grip Box, I knew I wanted it to have the word box in it because I was mm-hmm. going to be doing um, kickboxing in the program, and 
or in our programming. And, um, so I eventually made a list of all these different names and boiled it down to blank box fitness. And I was going through a bunch of different words and I'd gone through back through my... How does this sound? And yeah, I just got to yeah, how it yeah. sounded, how a different, different, um, you know, I was teaching myself graphic design at the time as well and trying to figure out different designs that mm-hmm. I could come up with. And, um, I was going back to my notes from that year prior and I had set goals earlier that year. Um, in January, I was setting my goals for the year, and I um, had written out the word of the year for myself. And grit was the word of the year. I knew going into that year that my I had, I had big goals, and it, they were not going to be easy. And I knew that the only way I was going to hit those goals was was through grit. And I really needed to to you know dial that in and, and just be as tough as I could during times that I knew were going to be difficult in order to make this happen. And um, so I opened up my notebook and that word stood out to me. I was like, oh yeah, that was my word of the year. So I wrote that in the blank, the grid box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of has a little yeah, good ring right. to it. So yeah. I played around with some designs on, designs on that and, and started, um, you know, really looking into more definitions on grid and everything like that. And it really represented what I wanted the company to stand for. Um, so that's where it came from. Especially knowing the story. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. So like, obviously to get through all that and to have the drive, it was all for a reason, right? Like at what point, what made you decide you wanted to own and like, why did you want that so bad that you got through all of this? Yeah, I think, I think I always knew, not always, but for a long time I knew that I wanted to own my own business, but I'd always talk myself out of it, you know, and, um, I, you know, started, I mean, even when I went out to um, Denver and I had started my own thing out there and did my personal training there, I I wanted to, but then I talked myself out of it and I let myself take the opportunity in Nashville, um, which I don't regret at all, but looking back, had I really been focused on getting my own thing going and, and continuing down that path, I never would have accepted that position. I would have just kept grinding out in Denver and, and doing that and, um, you know, I, I allowed myself to step outside of that. And like I said, I don't regret that one bit. I learned a ton. And that's where you got um, kickboxing too. Yeah, that's why I am where I am right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I always had that kind of back and forth pull on whether or not I, you know, coming from a family that we didn't have very much security. We didn't, have, you know, we were pretty broke growing up. If I wanted basketball shoes, I went and mowed lawns to buy them, you know. And it, so there was always that piece of security that I was pulled back to mm-hmm. for a little while. And that's and especially once I started looking at, you know having a family and all this, like, how am I going to provide for a family if I don't have the security that I, that I need to have? And, um, and just steady jobs always kind of was what I was supposed to do, you know, to, to have that. But deep down, it was never going to work out. I, I knew I wasn't, I was never happy. And I, I just, I, I wasn't a good employee. I mean, flat out, I knew <laughs> I knew I was not a good employee. You were an entrepreneur. Um, you I wanted to do I like to try and do things differently and didn't like to always follow the rules. And um, and a lot of times, you know, my stubbornness would come out and I thought I could do it better. And um, and then I just started realizing that that drive really meant that I just had to kind of go off and do my own thing and take that leap of faith and, and just go all in. And you have to have a lot of, like, you mentioned stubbornness, but also confidence to like keep getting back up and keep doing this even when things kept happening. Where do you feel like you got that confidence? Um, I, to be honest, I'll, I'll say that confidence struggled at times. Um, 
I don't think that I've been the most confident along the way. I think I was I was confident in in what I wanted to do, but the actual execution I was never completely confident with. Every time I got knocked down, I took a lot of guilt and blame on myself, and it would really take a, my confidence would take a huge hit. Um, just you know, wondering if you know I should have done things this way and I could have done it that way, and if I if I knew more, if I was smarter, if I had researched this more, looked at this, you know, and so the confidence would take a hit. But then the people around me and seeing what I was creating helped rebuild that confidence again, and um, and the support of my wife as well. I mean, that was that was a huge part of this as well. Um, her believing in me and, and pushing me yeah. um, helped helped you know rebuild that confidence each time I was knocked down. And um, yeah, so and I, and I think. A lot of it comes through from, like I said, my upbringing. I, as, as many hard times as we had, I knew that the worst case scenario wasn't that bad. You know, if I were to fall on my face and end up going belly up and bankrupt the company, it's really not that bad. I'd been there before. <laughs> that is a <laughs> and, strong statement. And it's, yeah. You know, and it's, it's not fun. It sucks. But it was not as bad as regretting not doing it in the long run. So. Yeah, especially because you kept not doing it and regretting it. So it was like, you're going to take the risk eventually. Like, you already took it. Might as well keep going, mm-hmm. right? So now, five years later after that story, how is Gripbox now? Awesome. I mean, we have it, um, we've we've built an amazing brand. We've gone through some adjustments, especially over the past year. We've um, done a complete brand shift. And, you know, over the years, the fitness industry has changed significantly. When I first opened up Gripbox, you know, it was kind of a hybrid version that was designed more for the Charleston market because boutique fitness was still new. And I wanted to focus in on that high, um, high level, high quality classes, um, but also knew that there's a lot of people that were gonna really appreciate that fitness, the gym side of things as well. So I wanted a larger location so that we could have that hybrid of some of the, you know, the weight room and some things that people were used to, um, but then really focusing more on the classes and making that kind of our bread and butter. Um, and then, you know, over the years, you've seen, you know, boutique fitness really take, you know, take Explode charge here in here. Charleston. Yeah. Um, and, 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 the, and it's been accepted in mm-hmm. Charleston more now. And not only accepted, but it's also been, um, it's what people want, you know. And so our concept in West Ashley um, it was still doing great, but I also understood, too, I didn't need such a large location. I didn't need that large space um, to do what I wanted to do. And um, we had great programming, and there was there was no reason that I couldn't combine the programming and really focus on what we did best, which was our kickboxing and our strength training, um, and really being kickboxing being a unique di- differentiator. That was mm-hmm. uh, what we re- really needed to focus on, uh, rather than trying to compete with every boot camp style program around there's town, a ton of every gym that has weights in it around town. Really hyper focus on what we know we do best that we can beat anybody else in, and what makes and, you different in the market, right? So. So I really went to the drawing board um, uh, and started designing some programming that combined our kickboxing with the strength training. Because I, although kickboxing is what makes us different and it's great, I love it, my heart is still with strength training. And my belief behind strength training um, and the importance of it is, will never, you know, never go away. So that, yeah. I knew I wanted that to be a part of it. And I knew I could somehow combine the kickboxing and the strength training together to get amazing benefits. Um, so making sure I was doing something that I knew the community would want, but also that it was going to deliver results. I mean, bottom line is I knew 
I wanted to design a program that, that people were going to fall in love with because it was fun, but also because they got they got the you know uh, the best results from it. So um, so yeah, we kind of started a, a, re, uh, a rebranding, changing the look of the company a little bit as well. Um, I changed my logo and our um, color scheme and everything, but that was all transitioned towards opening our next location um, downtown, which was this um, combined kickboxing and strength training program um, that we now open, and it's in a third of the size space um, that West Ashley is, and that's the model that we'll be moving forward with um, as we open our new locations. So that was like, like downtown is the concept that you took from like the West Ashley location, yes. since yep. it's the first one. And yep. where downtown is it? Right off a of Meeting Street. Okay. Um, There's right. a lot of them down there. Yeah, it's actually, we got this, our own little fitness corridor. There's like four studios in yeah. a two-block um, area right down there. That's why uh, when you said someone told you Charleston is a food and drink city mm-hmm. and not a fitness city like the amount of boutique fitness studios just in the past three years yeah. especially downtown i mean it's yeah they're they're everywhere yeah. so like having something that makes you different but why kickboxing why did you choose that so i i attributed a lot of that to um the studio i was with, with in nashville and they uh what i saw what i learned there and what i fell in love with with the programming was um, was part of it, but also the way I saw the members and people responding to the workout and the way um, people were able to just fall in love with it. But kickboxing as a whole, you know, knowing I was going after more of um, more of a female clientele as well. Boutique uh, studio style fitness is more of a female dominant market. Um, I want to be able to build a program that provided more than just physical results. Um, and I knew that one of the biggest things with men and women, um, but with a lot of my female clients at the time, it was building confidence. Um, and I knew, and I really experienced how much confidence kickboxing was building with, um, with everyone I had worked with. And that part of the program I knew, program I knew it was so different than what anyone else was offering. Um, and it, and it really gave people a fight, you know, it really helped people, um, you know, bring that fight to fitness, without whatever their goals were, whatever their struggles were. Um, the ability just to, to get someone, put someone in a good mood after a long, hard day at work because they get to come in and beat the shit out of something. It, <laughs> as bad as it sounds, great. It's, it, 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 it's amazing to see. And um, But then you also look at the science behind it. You know, um, when you're talking about high-intensity fitness, combining high, the, if you can find the best high-intensity and put it with strength training, Boxing is um, has been rated the, the most intense form of sport, and when you combine boxing with the strength training, um, the the science behind it is is incredible as well. Why women? Like, what drew you to that population? Um, it's really what, and not really what drew me to it, what I saw the market um, mm. doing. It's what where the trends were um, in my experience. Yeah. Um, I guess women, a lot of at the them... time, especially women, uh, women were willing to spend more on fitness. Women were um, a better demographic for, um, and, and of all all income brackets as well, really, were better for classes. Women scheduled up the classes more. It was easier to, to run and to predict a business based on their habits, where men used to just be, really they would just show up to the gym whenever they wanted to, yeah. lift some weights, and, and go home and call it a day. You've seen that shift a lot now, and, and we've, we definitely market you know, to men and women much more than we used to, but 
the um, the shift in market with men being much more open and accepting of boutique style fitness. You look at mm-hmm. you know how many more men are in yoga classes. Same thing with our with our kickboxing classes. And when we first opened, I mean that was something that we had heard all the time. Like oh, I'm not going to that's kickboxing for girls. And when you look at the fitness side of things, it was just understood. There was just this stigma of it being only for females and if it wasn't if it was a, if it wasn't a fitness class if it was MMA then that was for men oh yeah so the MMA style of things was men and fitness a studio was, yeah. fitness kickboxing class was just for females and now you've seen that change on both ends of strength things you look at how many females are in MMA now and how many um, how popular that sport has become and now men accepting the fitness side of things as well it's been it's been really cool to see I feel like because there were a lot of, like, the big box gyms, like Eshore or whatever, men typically go to those more. Like, they feel more mm-hmm. comfortable there. Women thrive off of, like, the social, the group classes. And it's just, it's not as intimidating. Or at least that's it, how it used to be. Exactly. And that was, that was part of um, our, content, our reasoning behind the fitness side, or the, the gym side of things with our first location was because like, we really wanted to introduce more females to weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so through our personal training program, we always did that. But we wanted to be a comfortable space. We didn't really push our gym side of things at all. We weren't when we marketed the gym. We were marketing our classes, and when people came in, it was an extra value add if they signed up. They got that as well. And we were really able to introduce a ton of women to weightlifting who had always been too intimidated to walk into a big box gym and walk over to the dumbbell section with a bunch of men throwing weights around. Um, you know, and and it's great to see that we've had that shift. It's not. It's those old school days aren't what it, what it is right now, uh, but at the time that's that's just kind of how it was. So it was but like a barbell in a girl's hand was oh, yeah. super intimidating. Well, just to have, I mean, I remember like going to the YMCA, like going into the weight room, like that's where all the guys were, mm-hmm. or like going into the free weights and having to pick up your dumbbells while all the other guys are doing curls on the bench. Like, yep. shouldn't be intimidating, but it, it definitely is pretty intimidating. Um, and kickboxing. Like you said, like it gets women in the door, and then you're like, "Ooh!" But while you're here, like, let me show you all of this. Yeah. You can do this too. Yeah. So, what are the classes like now? And are the classes different at the two locations? Yeah. So our West Ash location is still on um, our similar programming that we're going to be transitioning that. So everything is going to be shifting towards our new model mm-hmm. um, uh, over this next year. We'll be shifting some more things in West Ashley. But yeah, so we have our kickboxing class. Um, it's all kickboxing. With body weight strength training, but um, is it an hour? Forty five minutes. All of class, so of kickboxing. Yeah. Do you have what? This is so stupid. Uh, the big, the punching bags. Are we kicking punching bags? Yes. That's the things that we're beating the shit out of. Okay. Yeah. So Great. tie bags. So everyone has their own bag. Oh. Class. So it's a six foot tie bag, um, and everyone has their own zone. So you're on your bag and you're doing your exercises in your area. Um, is that how it was before? Yes. Well, that's perfect. I bet that transitioned nicely into we, the season. Yeah, we had to still reduce our cap- capacity yeah. so we didn't have people at bags right next to each other because mm-hmm. you know it can get a little bit tight. But um, but yeah, so everyone's at their own their own bag the entire time now. Do you have to get your own gloves? Yeah, so we have we have rentals and everything as well. But we always recommend everyone have their own gear. Yeah. 
And it's just like, you know, a runner borrowing someone's shoes every time they want to go for a run. Like, Ew. You, you yeah, no, have, no, no, You want to put your hands in your own gloves, your own funk, your own... <laughs> Ew. <laughs> but, but allow them to break into your hand as well. Well, it's cool. Stuff. It's a cool purchase. It like, is. To yeah. buy your own boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. And when you carry those around your back seat, people think twice. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about confidence. Yeah. <laughs> so it's and it's forty five minutes at both locations. Yeah. It's a mixture of kickboxing and strength training. Yeah. So it, um, like I said in West Ashley, we have our kickboxing class, and then separate we have our boot camp, mm. uh, our grit fit boot camp strength training class. And then um, downtown we have um, you rotate from kickboxing to strength. So um, everyone has their own bag, and then we have the opposite, this other side, other half of class is all benches and. Um, we would use these really cool strength benches that have all the equipment built right into it. So there's six sets of dumbbells, medicine ball, kettlebells, resistance bands. Everything's built right into that one bench. So you have your station for wow. everything you need for that class. What are they called? I've never heard of that. It's called strength bench. A strength bench. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Um, so uh, so you go two rounds of kickboxing or strength, depending on which time you start on. Um, and then uh, you rotate mm-hmm. two rounds of strength, two rounds, two, two rounds of kickboxing, and then you do one round of each. So six rounds total. Nice. And the cool thing with what we've done downtown too is it's we've really taken the concept and it's what I the original plans were early on with Gripbox and really making it more um, more of an experience around the scene that we create as well. Um, I've always been a huge fan of creating experiences and um, wanting to make things different, not just on the fitness side of things, but really on what they were going what they were going to get and how energized they would be during the class based on, on um, the experience that we could create. So the lighting was a big part of it. Um, lighting, sound, um, visual effects, anything like that was all a part of the original plans, but then kind of some a lot of it got cut out of the budget because of everything that, that had happened. <laughs> no more strobe um, lights and a disco yeah. ball. <laughs> but um, with our new location, I was able to add, add all that back in and really kind of create the, um, the experience that I wanted to originally. So our studio now, we have... Um, you know, it's full nightclub quality sound system. Um, we have. Oh, it's so fun! I uh, bet it's so fun. Lights that that change throughout the class, um, and we have a, a big projector on the wall. It's a visualizer that um, changes with the beat of the music and creates some really cool energy within the room. So it's kind of like working out in a nightclub. It's, uh, so it's did you take your like bar experience and put it with your fitness experience? A bit, yeah. Were and you I, in clubs though, or bars? Uh, bar, mainly mostly bars. Okay. Um, uh, but it really wasn't even necessarily just the bar. It was my service industry mm. experience. You know, I was in resort management for a long time, and it was always about creating experiences and, and memorable experiences. Like the environment. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, one of the things I, when I was building downtown, wanted to touch on is how can we, how can we touch on all, all the senses when someone can come in here and we want them to hear the, the best quality music and awesome mixes you know, custom designed, custom uh, created for our classes, and the lighting scene, making sure that it's stimulating and and helping to add to that energy um, through that as well. You know, um, I mean, you know, the smell that we were putting out in our in our air filtration system, things what like that. What about taste? We got any taste? So the that, black sludge that, was, that was a tough one. Um, <laughs> yeah, lick your lips. Um, <laughs> we yeah. So we. Um, we really wanted to, to touch on that that overall experience of everything. So that's what we were able to create downtown, and that's that's also what we we do moving forward. So it's I think fun. yeah, like I think that's what makes fitness studios stand out. Like my favorite gyms 
it's never just a workout. It's an experience. Right. It's just like the whole vibe of it. Like you feel like you're at a party mm-hmm. and that's what gets so many people to keep coming back. And cause then, then they have fun they look forward to it and then they bring their friends and it's like this big party, but they're also getting a, a great workout. So you mentioned, um, building a studio in Hawaii. Is that right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so you, where's the future of Gripbox? Yeah. So we definitely, we're definitely expanding. Um, we're looking to open um, a few more locations, and then um, and then look at you know the possibility of franchising. We've, this is something that I definitely want to um, get out to more markets. I think we have an amazing product that um, a lot of markets can benefit from. You know, in there's a lot of a lot of fitness options um, that might compare to ours in some of the bigger cities like New York, Miami, mm. and, um, out in LA, and stuff like that. But um, there's a lot of markets that. Um, I, they, I get calls and messages from people all the time saying, you know, they've got nothing like Gripbox in their area, and I'd love to be able to share that and expand that to, the, to some of those markets. Do you have anywhere in mind? Um, or is it top secret? Probably starting off within, you know, five hours of Charleston so that I can make a day trip and, yeah. and uh, Not you know, keep it easy light. for, for that, that time period of building out the expansion plan. But, um, but yeah, but then I'm open to the entire company. I mean, I'm open to... I'd love to be able to go international one day. So that'd be hype. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. So where can our followers find you, Gripbox? Like, where can they sign up for a class? So um, me personally, um, Cody on Instagram, and then uh, Gripbox Fitness and Gripbox CHS on Instagram. We have two different handles for each location there um, because they look a little different. So we want to make sure we show up both scenes. Um, so yeah, at Gripbox Fitness, at Gripbox CHS. And then um, to sign up for a class, um, Google us and call or just go to our website. Um, you can go to gripboxfitness.com, uh, go to our schedule. Uh, we start everybody off with a three-class intro. Uh, so it's one week, free classes, three classes in that week to come in, check out our programming, check out you know um, everything that we're doing, experience um, what we've created there. Um, so anyone who hasn't come in can, can jump on and take advantage of that. Awesome. Love yeah. it. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you, Cody, so much. Uh, your story is awesome to hear. Um, and I, now I want to start kickboxing. Well, I would love to have you in. And I was a boxer for Halloween, so now I was just natural. Absolutely. You had the gear. <laughs> well, I had to give the gloves away. Sorry. Talk about putting your hands... Well, I don't want to say those words. Putting your hands in someone else's bunk. Yeah. <laughs> I had to borrow someone's gloves. But yeah, yeah, that's probably a good note to end it on. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.